You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. I am Joe, and you know, sometimes, I guess, kind of like you do, probably, I get caught up in the music. So you got to keep me alert early this morning. 517 it is on a Monday. It's warm and humid like we have been, but uh, I think today starts some most interesting weather, rain. Boy, in the last couple of weeks, maybe even more. When there's been a shower somewhere, people look out the window and go, I hope that goes over my house. You know, uh, it's uh, really bad around the neighborhood. It really is. But I think relief is on the way. But we'll see. We'll check in with Russ Murley here and find out what he says. Right. I got to tell you about uh, Osceola McCarty. She was five feet tall, weighed less than 100 pounds when she quit school in the sixth grade when her grandmother that raised her became ill and needed care. She said, I would have gone back, she said, but the people in my class, they had done gone on, and I was too big. I wanted to be with my class. But instead, she worked. She washed clothes, and she saved. Every month, I'd save the same and put it away. I was consistent. She saved more than she could ever need. Washing clothes, that's what she did. In 1995, in her late 80s, She donated an amount of money to the University of Southern Mississippi, the college in her hometown, to finance a scholarship for low-income students. That amount was $300,000. Imagine her walking into a dean's office and saying, I'd like to start a scholarship. Oh, okay. What do you got? You know, watching people faint when she said that. Her words continued, I wanted to share my wealth with the children she said, Miss McCarthy, those only, the only real regret is that she never went back to school. I, I never minded work, but I was always so busy, busy. Maybe I can make it so the children don't have to work as hard as I did. And you're thinking, well, you know, that didn't turn out so bad for you, though, did it? <laughs> I don't know. The Sound of Life. Here we go on today. Uh, so I'm getting back from vacation. You should know I had a what is known as a Saturday adventure. We, since we f- went out, we flew out on Saturday. We came back on this past Saturday. Uh, took about an hour just to get out of New York City, as you probably go, <laughs> yeah, well, I've been there and done. I'm surprised I'm this old before we figured it out. We were kind of like laughing to ourselves and kicking ourselves at the same time. Like, well, that's it. We'll never do that again. You know, we'll we'll fly out on a Tuesday or Thursday, any day but Saturday. It's just uh, amazing. And uh, what happened, what, one of the things that happened was they had to get a new plane. Which, I mean, you know, I guess, well, okay, what's wrong with the old plane? I guess you were ready to fly that? Something, something's up with that. So they had to get a new plane, so that took about an hour. And then we got on that one, and then uh, the fuel, they had to take fuel out of it because it had too much fuel in it. And then they didn't get that part right. It wasn't still wasn't balanced. So they had to get the fuel trucks to come back over. <laughs> and you're sitting there thinking. And the, I, I, you know, somebody you really got to feel sorry for is the pilot has no control over this. But yet the pilot, he's the head coach. He's the guy up front. You know, when it, things aren't going well, he's the one that gets it. And he kept coming on and going, oh, be about just another 10, 15 more minutes. You know, and of course, hours go by. And now you're thinking, there is no way we're going to take off. <laughs> Planes take off every 30 seconds. How are we going to get it? Can we get in here, please? Can we Can we just, just once, just zip in front of you one time, American Airlines? Can we just, you know, but... Uh, Finally, he just said, we will get you to Savannah sometime today. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Good morning. I am Joe back. Thank you very much, Jack, for filling in. I know Heather normally fills in for me, but... She was just getting back from Africa, so it was like her head's twirling around pretty good, you know, as mine would be and yours would be too. So, uh, Jack, thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. So you'll be hearing Jack and Heather both coming up in the middle of September, our fall fundraiser. Wow. Wait. But let's not think about September right now, you know. If you're like me when I was a kid and I had to think about school starting, I mean, if I had a couple of days, if I was this time of the year, I'd be like, wait a minute. 
It's not till uh, first of September. It's good. We're good. We got plenty. We got all summer practically. <laughs> okay. Even though they say the best thing to do is to start practicing getting up a little early, some kind of a routine, but when you don't have to, it's really hard to do, isn't it? It is time for today's amazing story. Is it true? Is it false? It was reported that outside England's Bristol Zoo, there's a parking lot, 150 cars and eight buses. Now listen up. For 25 years, its parking fees were managed by a very pleasant attendant. The fees were a pound for cars, five pounds for buses, okay? And then one day after 25 solid years of never missing a day of work, well, he just didn't show up. So the zoo management called the city council and asked to send them another parking agent. And the city council did some research and replied, the lot was not the zoo's responsibility. The zoo advised the council that the attendant was the city employee. The city council responded that the lot attendant had never been on the city payroll. And then, meanwhile, sitting in his villa somewhere on the coast of Spain is a uh, man who apparently uh, apparently got a ticket machine installed completely on his own and then it simply begun to show up every day commencing to collect and keep the parking fees estimated at about $560 a day for 25 years now this is a funny story but not recommend that you do this and you, know, you can't do this kids you wouldn't do it anyway assuming seven days a week this amounts to just over seven million dollars, and and nobody even knows what his name is. Oh, he lives, hey, dude! <laughs> Waking up with a cup of Joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Hey, I'm Joe, and I'm back from a week of being at the beach. A lot of beach time. Got really proficient in flip flopping. I'm just wearing flip flops, which I never do. Ask anybody that knows me. I'm a shoe person. I was like flip-flops the whole time. I was stunned. My wife was even like, I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, woof, man. That's that's when you know you're on a real vacation, when you're doing flip-flop. Got pretty good at placing the umbrella in the sand, which, I mean, I say pretty good. Not like the guys that rent them out. No, I'll never be able to do that. 60-mile-an-hour gust come along. Those 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 things just stand right there. Not mine. <laughs> Everything was okay. Everything was okay. But I did want to say something about flying and uh, names that appears on your ticket and the name on your driver's license or your passport, you know. Now, I don't know. Maybe international travel. It's a little different where you got to show your passport and stuff, but I doubt it. I have one of those names that's my, my legal name is Joe. It really is. But a lot of people put Joseph. They just do that. I've cashed paychecks for years that had Joseph written on them. Nobody says anything. And I am certainly not going to say anything. Well, my wife, Friday before we left, she said, boy, did I save us a real big headache right here? I noticed that my name, and she has one of those names that could be, you know, this way or that way or whatever. But let's face it, it's the same, it's Joe, it's Joseph, it's, it's, that's the same name, Nate, Nathaniel, right? Okay. So, she, But she called on it Friday morning, she called the airline, would this be a problem? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I gotta take care of this. Reissued tickets and all this stuff, got a new confirmation number, you should be good. You know, get down to the JFK wee hour of the morning, go to the kiosk, put the number in, nothing, nothing. Put your name in, credit card, nothing. Nothing's showing up. You got to see the attendant. For two hours. At least they were women. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, you notice they're all women. A group of women stared at that screen doing something for two hours. And then... Then it was really amazing. It was like, so I did a lot of watching people coming into the airport, and most of those people kind of had an expression on their face that looked like the women looking at the screen. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face, 
and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Good morning. I am Joe. It's a Monday mug day. That's coming up in about five minutes at 7.15. So right after Dr. Tony Evans, we check in with Russ Murley, give you an opportunity to win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. And by demand, it's a biblical question. That's right. I gave, I'm giving out this hint this morning. I know if you were listening earlier, you're like, well, don't give it now. <laughs> it's Mark chapter 11 in the Bible. But that's okay. I mean, it's an easy, fun question. And the first person on the hotline with the correct answer you win my mug. The hotline's 800. It's toll free anywhere in the world. 946-1765. 1-800-946-1765. Got a little story for you, though, about the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin. I always admired him so much whenever I see him and stuff. Not only for putting up with Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> for I don't know how many years, but having a winning season for 15 consecutive seasons. Even with Ben and saying something. But I digress. So he's driving along one day. He's headed out to summer camp, you know. They started the preseason already, and he saw some kids fighting on the street. So he stops, and he goes over to him. Can you imagine being a kid, you know, and you're scuffling and stuff, and you look up, and there's a coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers about to give you a what for. And he talks to them for like two hours. And then he invites them to practice. What? I don't know how they got there, but they did. And he comes in there and he's practicing with one particular uh, player. Can you imagine just being there? The feel of that would change your whole entire life. He's using his platform in a way that he can use it. And knowing that he'll be impactful to those kids. He was at one time one of those kids. Mike Tomlin was. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you love to have been a fly on the wall? Just being able to look. Wow, that's incredible. Neji Harris is a running back that they that they trained with. You know, get these kids training and everything. Imagine that. Of course, they go back in the neighborhood. We were at the Pittsburgh Steelers training. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> but I tell you, that's an incredible story right there. Mike Tomlin, I'm your new fan right here, buddy. Design. Yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Here we go. It is Monday Mug Day, and as always, the first person with the correct answer on the Cup of Joe hotline, 800-946-1765. Wait before you call. All righty. <laughs> you win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. All right. Here is the biblical question, or as I like to call it, Bible Jeopardy, right? He said, if anyone, you don't have to put your answer in the form of a question. That's okay. You can still win without doing it. Who said, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that they will, that it will happen, it will be done for them. Who said it? John, Jesus, or James, or someone who hates mountains? Call right now on the hotline, 800-946-946. One seven six five. Who knows? The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline on Monday Mug Day. See if anybody wants my mug. Good morning, Cup of Joe Morning Show. Who's this? Oh, my name is Carmella. Hey, Carmela, how you doing this morning? I hope okay. Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, would you like my mug? Yes, I'd like to um, ask you the question again, though. I'd like to hear it one more time. You got it. Can. You got it, Carmela. He said, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Who said it? John, Jesus, James, or someone who hates mountains? I'm going to say Jesus. Jesus is the one that said it. Carmela, you got my mug. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you are certainly welcome. Well, how long will the biblical questions keep up? We will see. Maybe next Monday. If we do Monday Mug Day with me, you never know. But stay tuned. Got some neat stuff coming up. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life.
Well, I'm back from vacation. I'm Joe, and thanks, Jack, for filling in. Normally, you hear Heather. Heather was just getting back from Africa, so, you know, and it's that time of the year, right? We're on vacation doing that kind of stuff. It was a zoo. I mean, where I was, I figured it was like the last week, even for Southerners, for most of before schools started, at least for a lot of people, because there were a lot of kids, and we had fun. A lot of, did a lot of beach time, sure did. We're down in South Carolina, and uh, fly to Savannah to get to South Carolina. That was that was amazing. So we we, we decided. Why did it took me this long in my life to say, well, never fly out of Kennedy Airport or Newark or any place on Saturday and fly in on Saturday? No, we're not doing the city again on Saturday. And <laughs> this is just too much. But going down. It's just picture this now. We get down there in plenty of time. We're okay and everything. But there was a little bit of a name hang up. So my wife had called the day before and the guy said, Oh yeah, we gotta change that up. Gotta get your name right on the ticket that's on your driver's license, all that stuff. I don't know what happened, but the gears of the airlines industry came to a grinding halt. Saturday, a couple Saturday mornings ago in the wee hours at Kennedy Airport. And people just staring at screens. I have no idea what they're looking at, of course. But boy, I sure wanted to. It looked like me looking at the algebra board in math class in school. Just kind of one of those things. I pictured drool coming out. But they were. But all the women, the women crew handled it. It took them a couple of hours. And we had to go run, and she said, well, I'm going to have to give you an escort past the TSA line, which I've never done before, and it was a zoo. Down there at the TSA line, it's a zoo, and we went past all that. I didn't look at anybody's expression on any face. I didn't look at anybody. Just we went through it, and then we ran to get to the gate, and we go running down there, and there's no plane at the gate. <laughs> We met our friends that were going with us, and they said, no, they've switched planes, so it's going to be an hour delay. So I said, well, good. I'm going to go get something to eat. I, as all that is a real blessing. And we finally get on the plane, and the pilot says, well, we've got to have another delay because we have to have some fuel taken off the plane so that we, you know, that's because we had too much fuel on the new plane. So we waited for that. And then things started to get rolling. He shut everything down again. He said, well, we're still not balanced, right? we got to get the fuel people to come back over. I'm not making this up. And we're all sitting there because every time they shut off the engine, the air conditioner shuts off. They're sitting there, you know, on in the tube. And then I felt sorry for the pilot because it's like the head coach of any team that's going bad. You know, things are rough. You gotta, you're the one. You're the spokesperson. And he just finally said, well, we'll get you to Savannah sometime today. I can promise you that. This is a great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Well, I got to share this with you. I come across things that are really cool. And today is kind of like, uh, you know, believe it or not, is it truth or is it not? It doesn't really matter if it's a parable. Because it's it's absolutely true in the nature of it. Like there was a man asked to paint a boat, okay? So he got his paint and his brushes and he painted the boat a bright red. It's a rowboat. And just like the owner asked him, but he noticed a small hole in the hull and he quietly repaired it, right? So when he finished, he got his money and he left. And the next day, the owner of the boat came to the painter and presented him with a much larger check. And he said, listen... You paid me for painting the boat, sir. He said, uh, but, and the man said, this isn't for painting the boat. This is for repairing the hole in the boat. He said, oh, yeah, but it was it's a small hole. It was a small service. I mean, that's a lot of money just to pay for that. He said, no, 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 my friend, let me tell you what happened. When I asked you to paint the boat, I forgot to mention the hole. My, the, the boat paint dried and my kids took the boat out. I was gone. I got home and I found out that the kids took the boat out. They didn't know about the hole in the boat. And I, you know, was kind of desperate because I remembered the boat had a hole and I didn't know what was going to happen to them. Imagine my joy when I saw them returning from fishing alive and well. I examined and found that you had repaired the hole. You see what you did? You saved the life of my children. I know I have enough money to pay for your small good deed. Wow, isn't that amazing? 
no matter who, when, or how, continue to help sustain, wipe tears, listen attentively, carefully repair all the leaks you find. You never know when one is in need or when God holds a pleasant surprise for us to be helpful and important to someone. You never know how much that little hole repair job is a lifesaver, right? You may have repaired numerous boat holes for several people without realizing how many lives you save. See, you're making a difference. Just being the best you, right? Yes. The sound of life. Talking about being back from vacation, it was quite a Saturday, couple of Saturdays ago when we were leaving out of Kennedy Airport on a Saturday, which pretty much since we came back that way just a couple of days ago Saturday and took us an hour to get out of the city and all that, we pretty much said we'll never do that again, never travel on Saturday again. So it's always like me and my wife and my son-in-law and my daughter, and this time we had a family going with us. So it was a lot of fun. It's a good thing we did probably because of the delays that we had uh, at, at Kennedy Airport. Not, I mean, some of it was our fault, and then some of it was we got on, we got to the plane, but there wasn't a plane. <laughs> Nothing like having the security agent run you down to the gate, and there's no plane at the gate. You're like, uh, ex- please explain this to me anyway. But I got to get breakfast. So, and make a long story short, we left when we were supposed to be getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so we, but we did. We got there. As the pilot said, I will get you there sometime today. <laughs> it had to be like, whoa, <laughs> a little frustrated, isn't it? But we get down there, and it's like, oh, okay, here we are in wonderful Savannah, Georgia, where life is easy. Things are slowing down. It's a little bit hotter. <laughs> Not much this day. And so the last bag that comes out is my wife's bag, and she goes over and she checks the number. It's identical. Bag. It's not her number. You're like, what? We're kind of looking. Now we did. We just cracked it open for like a second and look. Nope, it's not your bag. So we went upstairs, thankfully. You know, because first they were like, well, you have to file a report. The look that my wife gave that person across the counter, she goes, okay, well, let me see if I can get a hold of her. And she did. And they were about 15 minutes out. She said, yeah, we got the wrong bag. We're bringing it back. It's okay. So now we have stickers all over my wife's bag for easy identification. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. You know, half the world lives where it's, uh, in the summer, it's over 100. So, yeah, I mean, really, and somehow they make it. So we can do it, right? And it's raining in Saratoga Springs, so that's good. I was, like, really praying, praying, praying for rain shower. It was really raining in Southern Dutchess County yesterday, and I was, come on up. Come on up the rain. You know, I've never seen so many people look out the window and go, oh, man, come on over to my house. You know, it's amazing. The rain, right? That's the way it always is. That's the way it was in the Bible. When God blessed a land, that means it would rain. And so you would have crops, and they would grow, and and, and, you, and you lived, and you prospered, and all that, right? That's kind of the way it is, kind of still the way it is. But blessings are different things to different people. I remember when I called, by the way, I had to uh, give her Diane a call because she was one of two winners on the fabulous fun summer giveaway and uh, just had to had to call her up and say, Diane, you won $100. I mean, $100, $500, man. How you feel? Incredible. Incredible. I listen every morning and I just never dreamed that you would call my name. So this is incredible. <laughs> How you doing this summer? Well, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're kind of laying low, but now maybe we'll plan a, a fun day trip, take my grandson somewhere. Um, maybe to Boston or something like that. So that's real exciting. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. So uh, there's two, two guys walking down the street, hand in hand, right? Um, not unusual in, like, New York City. Certainly would be around here. And it caused some people to misconstrue uh, them. They're not a couple. I mean, not they're they're very good friends. They've been friends since early childhood. One of them, sister, explained the one that can see. Yes, now you see where I'm coming from. There, the older they get, and they've been friends for you know 60 years. 
And so one of them is going blind, and the other one is helping him out because both of them are told to get out and take daily walks. Good for your health. Good for anybody, right? And that's one of the things is very, very cool, right? A true friend by your side until the last day of your life. So what you're looking at there is really true friendship. And God said, I'm not only going to be by your side, I'm going to be living inside of you. Now that's what I'm talking about. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. Cup of Joe Morning Show on The Sound of Life. Blanca and Dante Bowe. The healing. You know, sometimes I think, would I put those two together if it was me doing it? Probably not. I mean, you know, would I think of that? No, I don't. But uh, that sounds really good. That's a really cool song, too. I got some more lined up for you right now. Hey, I am Joe, and I want to tell you about a note we got from Bonnie. Don't worry, Bonnie. It's all right. I'm I'm just going to share the good stuff right here because you make this happen. See, this is the thing. This thing is so fresh. And she said, you know, to all of you, you have been there for me when everyone else abandoned me, even family. As sad as that is... It is very thankful to know that, yes, we were there. We were a presence wherever you are, on the radio, on the phone app, listening online. Somehow, you know, we're there. And you make that happen 24-7. She said, my life has gone from brokenness and darkness to a whole new life, filled to overflowing with God's presence. Jesus was there knocking. Now, see, the thing is, she felt like what many people will say, and maybe you're feeling this right now, I've just got a hole in me, there's a hole in my heart. And Jesus is in the heart-restoring business, if you will. That is exactly what he does, creates a new heart right in you. Talking about how hard and long the road is, absolutely. Think of the reward. It's amazing. It's off the chart. Always think about that. That Jesus is reaching out his hand to you. Yes, I love you. Me? Crazy, terrible, selfish me? Yes. You're the one I want right there. So, as Bonnie said, encouragement when there is none to be found makes all the difference. And you, my friend, make that happen. The Sound of Life. Praying for Toby Mac. Mm. That's Toby Mac there with Blessing Offer. The goodness, he's out with his new album, There's an article about Toby Mac in People Magazine, of all places. You know, People Magazine, I remember back in the 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they had a lot of regular people in there uh, that they talked about. Now it's loaded with celebrities, of course. Toby Mac wouldn't really be considered big-time celebrity in People Magazine circles. He is in your circle, of course. But he's in there talking about the death of his oldest son. That was three years ago, and he said... Rightly so, and maybe you can relate. He said, I didn't think anything cheerful, happy, was ever going to come out of me again. And then that song right there is one of the things that has come out. But he's realized that God got him through that. And um, maybe you've been through something like that and you can really relate. It's uh, pretty powerful, not something we would ever wish on really anybody else. Uh, It's just so powerful the way God works in that. What do people do without God? I have no idea. But there's a lot of great, I was looking at the issue, and, and I was there's a lot of great kind of real cool stories in there about some pretty interesting people, you know, besides movie stars, you know what I'm talking about? Well, we got a new piece of equipment. I got to brag on that, and thank you for that. Those of you who love to get equipment, um, you had a hand in it. Yep, it's a new coffee maker. And I mean, well, let's face it. It's very, very important. And uh, I tell you, the old one we fought with as we do many things around the Sound of Life studio, of course. I mean, hey, you can't always get a new antenna, right? Sometimes it has to be down to earth and practical. Boy, does it make a good cup of coffee. But with the old one, I mean, for months we've been struggling just trying to turn it on. Uh, You know, push it on. I know it's supposed to be on. And then yesterday... It just wouldn't make coffee. It, it just it make a very small cup of coffee. And I think I found the reason why I think because the water was like going out the back of it. It was everywhere. So, I mean, it was, I cleaned it up. I did. And uh, it was uh, kind of a mess. And so we said, well, you know what? We'll go out there. I'm sure there's a deal on one, you know, send the manager out. You can find a deal, right? 
So that's the big news here at studio. Cup <laughs> of Morning Show and the rest of the Sound of Life. We are enjoying a brand new coffee maker and a really great cup of coffee. To infinity and beyond. Yeah. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the Sound of Life. Hey, I am Joe, and the, the dudes from Australia in Venice must surely feel like weary travelers by now. The mayor labeled them imbeciles. Yes, the mayor of Venice said this is not Disneyland. Well, he probably said in an Italian dialect, Mayor Luigi. He's very upset, calling them imbeciles. He doesn't even know them. He has seen them, though, and I posted the video on the Grand Canal. You know, they're very proper in Venice, apparently. They, they want to uphold their image, right? They told the big cruise ship, stay away. We don't need and I couldn't help but feel like how Jesus must have felt traveling in the day, being eyed constantly by the, the elite, the Pharisees, the rulers, the judges of the Jewish faith, you know, scrutinizing his every move. Here he is bent down, loving somebody, healing them. <gasps> He's doing it on the Sabbath, you know. And here's these two young guys, they're surfer dudes. And they've got motorized surfboards. They were zipping along pretty good. Looked like they were having fun to me. I mean, I think if they did it here, they'd be like, dude, I'm next, you know. I mean, that's kind of the attitude we would have here, right? I mean, you know, plus, there would have to be a law on the books, you know, no motorized surfboards on the Hudson River. It's a beautiful place. You're an imbecile for being, I'm sorry, <laughs> carried away, but these surfing scuff laws. Visitors from Australia. He hit them with a $1,500 fine, took away their surfboards. I don't even know if that's, I don't know, he's in Italy, he's the mayor, I don't know, I guess it is. He wants them to be brought to court. He really does. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's the, the, the World Heritage Site is in risk of being classified. It's in danger. He wants them prosecuted for harming their image. What's, what's going to happen? Everybody start talking surf, dude? Or something? Just drop yeah. in and just smack the lip. Yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. I was thinking about being a kid, you know, back in the day when everybody started school after the 1st of September. You know, that was, that was, was kind of it. And um, it would be like, oh, we got plenty of time left. You know, if I had a day. It was great. It was amazing. It's amazing how time frames change as you get older. Oh, man, but I digress. Yes, what a cool, neat little story right there about Martin and his parents. Every month they took a trip to see Grandma, and they came home on the same train the next day. And one day, old Martin says to his parents, Hey, listen, I'm already grown up. Can I go to Grandma's house alone? So they had a little discussion right there, and his parents said, Yeah. They stood with him as he waited for the train to exit. They said goodbye to their son and gave him some tips through the window. Martin repeated to them, I know, I've been told this more than a thousand times. The train is about to leave. His father whispered in his ear. He said, son, if you feel bad or insecure, this is for you. And he put something in his pocket. Now Martin's alone sitting on the train as he wanted, just like he wanted, without his parents for the very first time. And he was admiring the landscape out the window. And around him, some unknowns pushed themselves in. They made a lot of noise. They got in and out of the train car. The conductor made some comments about him being alone. And a person looked at him with eyes of sadness. And Martin was feeling a little more uneasy with every minute that passed. And now he was scared. He felt cornered and alone, and he put his head down, and with tears in his eyes, he remembered his dad put something in his pocket. And he was trembling, and he searched for what his father had given him, and he found that piece of paper, and he opened it up, and he read it. Son, I'm in the last train car. <sighs> Isn't that how life is? We got to let our kids go. That's, that's a real practical lesson there. Let them try new things. We always like to be in that last car watching, right? Not hovering, but just watching right there in case they find obstacles. It's really pretty cool, and I think that's a great analogy of how God is with us. Right? Amen. 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 Yeah.
Amen. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. I just thought of something. We're back into the heat again, you know, 90-ish, like that. be really cool to be in the high country, in the mountains. Maybe Maine would be, be a good place to go because it's got to be... What, in the 60s there? <laughs> but, you know, it could be a good 10 degrees difference, which make a lot of difference. I tell you, it would make a lot of difference. Suppose you could walk into a building and it was 28 degrees with snow in the building, inside the building. 100 degrees outside, walk in, and it's in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It is there. It's called Big Snow American Dream. My son's been there already few weeks ago when it was really hot he went there i said is it really cold inside he said constant 28 degrees man you got to wear your ski stuff you can snow ski or board snowboard if you want i I, I was like man it doesn't open till 1 p.m but it is there Uh, american dream east rutherford new jersey big snow american dream that's what it's called and i was like man i wonder if i could go there and just like go inside man i just can't imagine being so hot and you're like oh and then open the door and go in. Why don't they let me just sit at a table and have a sandwich? Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Right now it's very comfortable out in the 60s, unless it's a little too humid for you. A little fog around Glens Falls for some reason. And uh, on the surface of Pluto, it's over minus 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, it's 3 billion miles from the sun. Right? We're 93 million miles. That's over 3 billion miles. I mean, I'm just throwing figures out there. I know it doesn't make any... Yeah, you have no comprehension, but it, it was not a good day for Pluto right here. And, and you know, the whole solar system kind of took a hit. I don't know why they couldn't just leave it the same. All of us growing up knowing that there's, what, nine planets in the solar system. And now, oh, mm, Looks like there's going to be eight planets, and it happened back in 2006 on August 24th. Could have been a very good day around the the home office, to tell you the truth, because, I mean, Pluto got demoted, right? Got demoted uh, basically to a dwarf planet. I, 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 I don't know how it went down, but apparently Brian Regan has an idea on how it might have gone down. How embarrassing. Getting kicked out of that group. How did that go down? Pluto, come on in, have a seat. It's the hardest thing I have to do around here, Pluto. Uh, I'm going to cut right to the quick. You're no longer a planet. Well, the best we can figure, you're just a big nothing. Can I still go around the sun? Feel free. (laughs) There you go. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. This is a really cool post, really, from Nate. Uh, It has to do with Father's Day a few months ago. But he was talking about his life in a nutshell, really. He said, my father quit on us when I was five. Mom remarried a few years later, and she unfortunately passed away in a car accident. I was nine. So both biological parents are gone before I turned 10, Nate said. And I was stuck living with my mom's new husband, whom I had only known for a short time. I mean, he wasn't my, you know, quote, real dad. Randall isn't even my real last name. Steve Randall showed me the meaning of real. He dedicated his life to raising us, his younger sister and brother, He met uh, mom. See, when he met his mom, Nate said, he was a successful attorney. As a single parent dealing with deep sorrow, he gave up so many of his own interests to be there for me. He has taught me more about life than anyone else. The most important being belief in myself, commitment to family, and faith in God. I've never made a major personal professional decision without seeking his advice. Graduated from college with his support, Chose my career path with his guidance. I'm a better dad because of his example. Anybody can be a father who takes love, support, and encouragement to be a real dad. My last name is Randall. It means more to me than any amount of money, possessions, or corporate titles. There are several I admire, but dad is my hero. 
So as he was saying, happy Father's Day, Nate said, Dad, beyond grateful to be your son. The sound of life. Maybe I should be an archaeologist. I would love to be one. But I don't think I have the patience for it. It takes a lot of patience. I saw this article about uh, archaeologists digging up things. I mean, this is a real high upscale article in the BBC publication somewhere. And they think they have found, is it toys? They, they really want to know, and I don't blame them. I think it'd be really great to find out how children lived in the past, you know, thousands of years ago even. Were they valued? What did they play with? Um, you know, they must have played, right? I mean, it's an interesting, it's a fascinating topic. And this man named Gus has been ex excavating uh, in southwest Israel, I guess, for decades. And he's dug up so much stuff that the Smithsonian Institute has taken them 40 years just to catalog everything. They, he had so much pottery, they had to throw it away. Can you imagine? They didn't even call you or nothing. I mean, I would I would take one. I mean, really? <sighs> anyway, so they're uh, they, they're talking about they, one of the things that they have found, or he did. Gus found these seventeen small rounded discs. Some of them made of chalk, some of stone, most uncycled from potsherds. If I said that right, you know, pieces of pottery broken. So they have two deliberate holes in the center, all right? And archaeologists have found these all over the world. They've been found in Japan, Egypt, India, even the Americas. Three were found in New York City at the site of a British Army camp during the American War for Independence. Uh, one of them was fashioned from a coin, so probably not a coin, okay? Some of these things date back 4,000 years. It's amazing. Um, and, and a lot of scholars suspect that they're toys. That's the reason I was bringing that whole thing up. Understanding how children played in the past. Is it a toy? And I thought, why are they so mystified? I mean, I think it kind of makes perfect sense, right? Wouldn't they be, they're rounded, they found them made out of different things, have two holes in the center. Wouldn't, and now what you're thinking, right? You're thinking, we're thinking the same thing. We're on the same wavelength. They're buttons. Listener supported the sound of life. You know, when I was growing up, an Impala was like one of the coolest Chevy cars around in the 60s. Impala. That just means car to me. And I think blue is probably my favorite color. But I didn't know it was a real animal. I didn't watch enough nature shows, I guess. It's a member of the antelope family. And it's able to jump 10 feet high and 30 feet in length an impala it's an incredible feat and of course no doubt essential to its survival in the african wild yet many impala enclosures found in zoos get this the animals are kept in place by a wall that's three feet tall they can easily jump over that wall then why don't they right they keep some inside because they can't see. They can't see what's on the other side, and they will not jump to a place that they can't see. <sighs> Whoa. We're kind of like that, right? I mean, we should be. You, I, I very seriously doubt you would take a leap, especially, you know, like, well, you should buy this. You invest $10,000 in this, and you have no idea what it is. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't do that. And you wouldn't literally probably jump into place that you couldn't see right so here we are asked to live a life of faith in something we can't see <laughs> you see where i'm going this is pretty cool right so paul the apostle paul writing in his letter to the church at corinth he said we live by faith not by sight and jesus taught us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right that doesn't mean we're going to know god's outcome beforehand Living by faith means trusting God's good purposes, even when those purposes are shrouded in mystery, as they are many times. In the midst of life's uncertainties, we can trust God's unfailing love. That's where it all comes down. Do you trust me? He says, give up your control. Trust me. Boy, sometimes that's tough, right? It really is tough. So, Father God, sometimes we're frozen by uncertainty and fear, and so we pray 
that you guide our steps as we trust you for your will to be done. All right? Amen. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Love sharing great stories with you. You should know this. Whatever setting you're in, I realize school is not back in session yet. Although, if you're on social media, you've seen photographs, right? First day of school, probably. It's coming up for a lot of kids around the country. But as God intended, (laughs) we always do it. (laughs) First of September. Maybe it'll cool off a little by then. Maybe it'll feel a little like autumn. I don't know. It was amazing. But remember that you may be that friend's answer to prayer. You could literally save somebody's life and change the entire direction of their life by being a friend to them when they have none. I don't know what that's like not to have anybody and be so different. You know, it's it's really something. But I'm looking at a photograph of a prom couple and Tom submitted it. He said, you know, a lot of grade school age kids may have stayed away from my sister Mary or thought she was weird because she has Down syndrome, but not Ben. He always looked out for her, always made sure to pick her up on his on his team at recess and made a promise to her in the fourth grade to take her to the prom someday. And seven years later, he made good on that promise. And in the process, put a smile on Mary's face and yours as well, too. I can get it posted for you. And it restored, Tom said, my faith in humanity. Have a great time at the prom, you two. And it really is cool. And it'll make your day. If I can just get it posted to social media, I will post it. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Well, it was a big day. Didn't, uh, I mean, didn't come across that way back in 1939. When it debuted, it took decades before it became real popular, which kind of makes sense. Now it's an immortal classic. I'm talking about a movie that was up for an Academy Award for Best Picture, but it lost out to Gone with the Wind that year. So you may guess, well, that was a way back. Yep, 1939. It started out in this tinnish, grayish, or brownish, black and white the Wizard of Oz, right? Based on a book. by the, It was called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by Frank Baum. And, of course, it started out like all movies did in 1939, pretty much. And then when the storm came and Dorothy got knocked unconscious, she woke up and she walked out into a world of Technicolor. That was really cool. Kids, when The Wizard of Oz came out, I mean, it was like the Star Wars of its day. And here she was in a magical land of... Little people and uh, strange people and beautiful colors and flowers. And, of course, the yellow brick road. Kind of a boring story. She got her wish to be in a, you know, get out of Kansas. They weren't in Kansas anymore. And she's on her way down the yellow brick road to see the Wizard of Oz, right? Not a very exciting story. What in the world would make that exciting? Well, enter the Spice in the sauce. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. (laughs) Of course. Yes, every story needs the witch, the wicked witch of the West, right there. Played wonderfully. That was a wonderful actress that played that. And uh, boy, you talk about typecasting. I hope she was able to work after that. uh, She did a, a wonderful job of that. But, of course, a song, a mortal song came out of that about being over the rainbow. and You know, uh, it was really cool. But it illustrates how even with the, you know, characters and all that stuff, you need that tension, right? And it's like life. You have that tension in your life. And, and or the evil, that's what makes it. Why, that, that, that is the formula for everything. And yet, here comes the rescuer. And God, our God, our creator, has overcome all of that. So really, you can rest at ease and enjoy the color. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. It's Brandon Heath, See Me Through It, not a parody song, although probably susceptible, (laughs) would not go without the notice of Mr. Tim Hawkins. But he usually likes to pick on songs and tunes that we all know. He has run the gamut over the years of parody songs. And I was going to air one, and I'll probably get to it one of these days, but I know I have to do the homeschool song. That is amazing. And if you've never heard of Tim Hawkins, he's a stand-up comedian who is a Christian, 
and he loves to go to churches. He actually turned down an offer to go to California and be in a, a show on television which was being created around him. And they were going to do a pilot and stuff. They had all these ideas floating, which you can understand if you know him. And he said, no, I'm going to go to the next church. That's where I'm going to go. That's what God has called me to do. But I think his real forte is parody songs. And, of course, the Chick-fil-A song, if you know that one, right? The Krispy Kreme song. My wife can't sing that worship song. I can't think of the name of it right now, but she can't sing it because she's heard the, you know, Krispy Kreme. Anyway, um... But I thought I'd share a little bit because he's come out with the greatest hits and greatest bits right there. And I'll post that link on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page right there for you. Nobody does songs like Tim Hawkins does. On a big stage, I am a red cage. You know, my heart <laughs> is pumping. Fun time, happy time, crazy time with a setup punch and a tagline. Now that I got your attention, this is actually pretty good. I like it. Playing with your mind, isn't it? You got a little television. And you had enough to eat If you don't change your disposition I'm gonna leave you on the street <laughs> So I'm waiting For your attitude to change I keep on waiting For your attitude to change oh, yeah. Suddenly I need waffle fries in front of me With some nuggets and a large sweet tea Oh Chick-fil-A <laughs> You set me free Tim Hawkins and here he is. I'm going to leave you with the ode to homeschooling. Some people say we're goofy, mysterious, and spooky. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. You know, share a post from Emily. She shares a photograph with her statement. And he's an older man. She's a young woman. She said, this is Patrick. He's 86. And he stopped me in Leeds yesterday to ask me how my day was. He then asked me if, by chance, I had time for a coffee. Meetings canceled. I spent two hours with the most wonderful man. He opened doors for me, told me about his marriage to his late wife, shared pictures of his family. He said that when he married his wife, he told her the best is yet to come, and he still lives by that now. Patrick was the perfect reminder that amongst the hustle and bustle of everyday life and work, Time really is the greatest gift to give someone. It was the perfect gift I've received in years. Thank you, Emily. Yes, indeed. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I was thinking for some reason about a, a young man who was describing Dubai. You know, you probably see an image right away of Dubai. And, um, you know, it's just stark, very stark, totally man-made in the desert there and known for their incredibly tall buildings and stuff, known for their extravagance. He said uh, it's just made up of people who come here to work and do a job and make as much money as they can, which is the reason he went there. He said you don't see old people sitting around the park playing checkers. You know, none of that. It's just all what you can get. Opulence, that's it abandoned Maseratis and stuff. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And he said something that struck me. He said, it's basically a city without a soul. I was like, wow, yes. Cup of Joe, morning show island. Yes, ma'am. I was listening to what you were saying about Dubai. And when you actually said what that gentleman had written in his blog, that it's a, it's a place without a soul, it really hit me in, in, in my in my own spirit and how frightening that it must be uh, because we know that uh, living apart from God, anything that is apart from God is hell basically. It's very sad that, that these people are living in a, um, a sparkled uh, everything that glitters hell in reality. It really was a very uh, very um, very poignant thing that that gentleman wrote and I think it's going to stay with me for a very long time. Thank you for sharing that. The Sound of Life. Man, when I was a kid growing up, an Impala was one of the coolest cars around, especially that blue one. Yeah, 
Uh, speaking of 60s, well, an impala is actually a real animal. It's a member of the antelope family, and it can jump, get this, it can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet in length. And yet, if you go to a zoo and you see impalas, they're basically kept in a area by a three-foot-high fence. And you're like, it's actually a wall. And that's the secret right there because you can't see. They can't see over it. And they will not jump if they can't see where they're going to land. <gasps> Is that something? And you probably would too. It makes sense, right? I very seriously doubt if you had a situation like that and you didn't know, right? And in fact, they warn you not to. Don't dive into water that you don't know anything about and stuff like that. And yet, as a follower of Jesus... That's exactly what we do, isn't it? Absolutely. The Apostle Paul, in his writings to the church, he said, you know, we live by faith, not by sight. And Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Doesn't mean we'll know God's outcomes beforehand. Living by faith means trusting God's good purposes, even when those purposes are shrouded in mystery. And a lot of times they are for us. We don't know. Life's uncertain. But here's the thing. God is certain. You can trust him. That's the thing. That's what it's all about right there. No matter what life throws at you, make it your goal to please him. That was in one of Paul's letters too. So Father God, you know, we're frozen by uncertainty and fear. Sometimes we pray that you'll guide our steps today as we trust you for your good will to be done. The sound of life. Boy, it's a thrill to see a very popular singer embrace her faith. She's pretty famous and she embraces her faith openly captivating people all around the globe actually and she rose to fame I guess in uh, 2014 she's 31 year old she's open about her beliefs recently released a 14 song album titled Revelation she's known for sharing her Christian faith on social media and uh, some of the videos, one of the videos features her praying before the sea parting before her. The lyrics themselves borrow from biblical themes as well, imploring listeners not to be afraid, explaining there's no fear in love and maintaining that love never fails. Woo, all those themes are right there. She said, in this world where love is badly needed, I trust what I can do is try my best to create works that make people once again see the love, believe in love, and return to love. So it doesn't matter how many setbacks there are on the way, as long as I can finish them, which is pretty remarkable. You probably would not understand her, although I don't know, haven't heard her, but she's known, her nickname is China's Taylor Swift. That's right. She's a 31-year-old singer, Christian, in China. I know they know about her because you're talking about a state that uh, keeps track of you better than anybody else in the world. And uh, they are doing that right there. I mean, even if she wasn't famous, they would probably know about her. She's been uh, long been the subject of some debate, specifically over her perceived views on Hong Kong and democracy and other things like that. Of course, surveillance in China is among the most oppressive and sophisticated in the world. Church attendance is rigorously monitored. Many churches are being closed. Wow. Given those elements, her genuine faith is truly notable. I will post that article about her. It's pretty inspiring on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Awesome. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. It was the middle of the day when I got a hold of Nancy. My buddy Nancy called. <laughs> yeah, I called her up. And uh, found out she's over at the Dutchess County Fair. I got Ronnie here with me, too. We got two of our daughters and three of our grandchildren. Wow, that's awesome. Nice day. Hot for the fair. Yep. But it's all right. We drove by the fair, and as a tradition that's been that way for over 30 years, we rolled down the windows and smelled the fair. The sound of life. Maybe a talk with the kids could be healing. You know, Mom, can I tell you something? And the question is, how did the last difficult conversation go with your child? That's just a rhetorical question. Hard questions with kids can, of course, be tricky, but it is possible to make break the con your conversation with the first 10 seconds. First 10 seconds, according to iMom and Abby Watts, 
who runs iMom, I think. She got all the good stuff. Now, I know our kids were very honest with us. It was funny. We'd be riding along in the van, and they would see something, or they would say they saw something, which we would look at each other like as parents. We were like, but we didn't say any. We didn't say, you're crazy, you know. And turns out it was real. It was turns out there was truth. There was always a reason that they said something. They said they saw something or whatever. It made sense, right? So we give our kids a first impression every time they come to us, especially with a difficult question or a problem or a failure, right? So very quickly, and I'll post this on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. First 10 seconds communicate whether you're for or against them. First 10 seconds set the conversation up for success. And the first 10 seconds determine whether future conversations will happen. And that could be the most important thing. There's even uh, a let's talk about it chart little thing that you can print out right there for you. I got it for you. It's all right here. I'm tweeting it out. We should do everything we can to get our kids to run to us instead of away from us when they need help, right? So there you go. That's the iMom tool for you right here. Tool from Cup of Joe Morning Show today. All right? Wow, that's yeah. awesome. All right. <laughs> You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the sound of life. The Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.